Hi, I'm Carol Sanford. I'm the producer and host for the Responsible Entrepreneur podcast. We talk about what it really means to be responsible and how to use a small business to change the course of history. It's named after my award-winning book, The Responsible Entrepreneur, four game-changing archetypes for founders, leaders, and impact investors. I always start out with sharing a bit of an idea that the interview that I'm gonna share with you relates to. And today, I wanted to offer you some ideas around what the word responsible means. I mean, I'm asked that all the time since I've written a series of books called The Responsible X, The Responsible Business, The Responsible Entrepreneur, and very soon The Responsible Human and The Responsible Organization will be out. What I notice is that when most people use the word responsible, it's an internal term. It means how are we doing about what we do to be responsible? So for example, we pay attention to creating and buying products that are less harmful, and we pay attention to whether we reduce our carbon footprint. We don't always ask and put the mind in touch with what it is that we're actually being responsible to. The book that I wrote, The Responsible Business, provides a great basis for entrepreneurs understanding what it means to make the responsible business mean external considering, mean considering the impact that we have and a ripple effect out into the world. It has to start with, and this varies quite a bit from the way most people think about sustainability and responsibility, it has to start with the life of the consumers. They are the ones, or and users, I should say, too. They are the ones who make the choice about whether or not you get to stay in business. They are the ones who count on you for being able to improve and make their lives work better. And being able to start and look at their lives is a really important place to start, to really image it, not just think about your product and what it does for them and how it compares to some competitor, but does it really change the life of the people who you are supporting by, by making that product available, which they buy? You're going to hear an interview today with someone who starts all the way out there with looking at safety, because safety is a question of products, and it often is one that is treated as a separate department also that does quality checks. They do a certain kind of supply uh, buying, a supply chain system of buying, trying to make sure that they meet minimum standards and that you meet the safety requirements. Once we have in mind what it is that the consumer, the user, even the buyer needs, we start to ask secondly, how do we connect all the co-creators with that? Now, co-creators to me are all the people along the system of creation from buying the first raw materials out of the ground to many, many conversions which give a company the raw materials it needs to the set of workers, employees, contractors who are inside the system that ultimately provide that product into the hands of people who can either resell it, distribute it, or use it. When we really think about how we engage the employees in the organization, there is a set of responsibility there. But there also is one for the supply system, how it is that we are caring for their ability to contribute, not just to not get injured, not just to get fair trade, but the question is, can the people who are in the supply system, the people who are inside the company, feel the connection they have to changing the lives of the people that they are serving? 
Then we go on to asking the question and chartering the company and the employees and co-creators with making sure that earth is made more vital, communities are made more viable and vital, and that as a result of the work that you do in that community, it becomes more unique and distinctive. And as a result of all that extraordinary work, the investors get taken care of. Now, the thing that I want you to really listen for today is how it is you get out into the mind of the consumer and particularly how you ask the questions about what ensures that everything that enters their home, because they have children there, they have pets there, they have a variety of things that they have to consider, they guarantee to have anything that they distribute be safe and at an extraordinarily high standard level. They also make sure that they're really connected to employees and connecting employees to the work that they're doing, the meaning that it's doing, and looking at the culture that has to be created to have that be alive. Even the CEO that you're gonna hear from is asking the question about, well, where else can I impact that besides my company? He sits in an association. In fact, he's now gonna be chairman of the, um, or president of the board of that association. And he's taken that same care and responsibility for the consumers into that association and making it a part of what differentiates them to the people who are going to buy from them. I found it very exciting because to me, the most important question we can answer is, who are we responsible to and for what? And how can we think about what we do every day is rippling out into the lives of the people who we may never see, but they take our products to work, they take them home, they take them camping, they take them a variety of places. So I hope you will enjoy this, and I'll uh, get back to you with a little more information after we talk to Tom. Welcome, Tom. Would you please introduce yourself? Well, I, I will. Thanks, Carol. I'm Tom Ghost. I am the president of Image Source, a branded merchandise agency based here in uh, Kirkland, Washington. Image Source is a, a full-service branded merchandise agency. So we provide um, logoed products to corporations to drive sales, reward and engage employees, uh, attendance drivers for for trade shows and events. Uh, we were um, formed in 1997, so we've been around um, you know eight, 18, uh, 19 years uh, almost now, and uh, and lucky to have you know key clients such as uh, you know Microsoft. Costco, Nintendo, Boeing, Seattle Mariners. So we're uh, we're lucky to have such great clients. Uh, I am curious about what makes you unique. I'm assuming you're not the only company that does this, and there's some way you position you so you can get to keep all those wonderful clients. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's quite a bit. You know, I think of competitive advantage, and um, you know, <clears throat> I think we really have four pillars that we we kind of stand on, and uh, I think two are really obvious, which are customers and employees. But I think maybe two that are not so obvious are our supplier partners uh, and really our community. I think for our internal customer, our our employee, uh, we really strive to be a best workplaces. Um, company and, and we've won uh, that award uh, being a best workplace from Seattle Business Magazine and the Puget Sound Business Journal, um, an industry publication called Counselor Magazine. So we really strive to be a top em employer and, and, and attract really good people. And I think at the core, that's a, a, a key competitive advantage is having good people. But 
Uh, we're also very experienced. I have over 400 years of promotional product expertise within the walls. So um, I have a lot of really great um, tenured employees. And what that really means on a customer level is creativity. It's a key differentiator within our industry is matching that perfect promotional product to a customer's marketing campaign. Um, and, and that's a, a, a real a clear competitive advantage. I think our approach is unique as well. We really um, position ourselves as an ad agency. So we um, we ask good creative questions to really understand the customer's goals so we can find that perfect promotional product uh, for their marketing campaign. There's over a million products that we offer. And so having a real surgical targeted um, promotional product idea to solve their their marketing campaign uh, is critical. A couple other things that I would uh, that I would offer is our size. We're in the top one percent nationally based on sales volume. So, um, you know that means we have access to suppliers that some don't. You know, examples would be some brands like Swiss Army and Cutter and Buck and and preferred brands that will only align themselves with top branded merchandise agencies. And then of course we, you know, we offer competitive pricing based on our buying power in the industry. The last thing I want to touch on is, is really product safety. Uh, our, our industry's evolved quite a bit. Um, you know, there's the consumer product safety commission and um, they've enacted laws regarding safe products for children under 12. And it's really becoming a very prominent piece of our industry it required everyone uh, within my company that's, touches or interacts with customers to, to become what is called product safety aware. And that's um, promoted by the Promotional Products Association International. And that's to have a minimum of four hours of training at, at a minimum as a basis to understand what safe products are. The last thing we want is a logo product to be involved in, in something deadly or harmful to children or adults. And so um, having that knowledge and training is is really important so you know we we, we do a lot of uh, training and 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 build that up so that, that we know what we're talking about what do you consider your responsibility in helping the industry uh be aware be conscious be working on the right things i know you take that very seriously Could you say just a word about that yeah, so I'm on the National Board of Directors for the Promotional Products Association. Our industry is $20 billion. There's 500,000 people within the industry. So it's a big industry. Um, so about a year and a half ago, the board had to make a decision on um, what we wanted to do to be a leader on the on product safety and, and what we do. We could recommend, we can uh, provide input, but do we really want to take a leading stand and, and say that if you're going to exhibit at our shows, the promotional product shows, or if you're going to buy any ad space within, within the industry, that you have to become product safety where you have to take this training. Now that training only is, is only for our suppliers um, as they're generally the manufacturer of products. And so um, it was a bold vote because we could lose hundreds of thousands or millions in industry revenue um, for the association itself. But the association is made up of us, right? The, the, the people who take it to market. And so we, we took that vote knowing it could cost the association quite a bit of money and even push people away. Um, but we thought it was important enough uh, because of our responsibility 
within the market to provide safe products. And so um, we voted on that and, and took initiative on it. And um, the, uh, we had a show of three or four months ago. It was our first show that, that where that took place. Our national, our largest national show would be January. And, and all companies exhibiting will, will have to um, be, will have to have that training and education. So my company doesn't have to have that education. We're um, we're the second piece of that. We're we're not the manufacturer, but we take it to market. But I thought it's so important um, this this knowledge that I wanted to train all all my staff. The only people who didn't get trained is accounting. So a- anyone else within my team has had that has had that training because it's it's important to know when you're taking it to market. Um, what what is safe products and what to look for and I, and I think this product safety aware status is is just the beginning really there's there's it's an endless amount of training and knowledge that that um, that you can have but being a responsible business is important and product safety is so critical we've seen tons of recalls from McDonald's to um, to Mattel and, and others and um, you know uh, you know factories in Bangladesh that are that are you know, falling down and people dying. And we don't want that. We want to be a responsible business and provide safe products and, um, and be able to know what we're talking about as we bring it to market. And that's, it's a journey, you know, it's not an end game, you know, you never know enough. And so this is just the beginning of it for us. So you founded this about uh, not quite 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's always a founding story, right? Yeah. About what made you come to this idea and how does it represent who you are and what you want your work to be in the world? Yeah. Um, well, my, my business partner and I started, um, um, back in, um, he, he actually began the business. We worked together, um, in a large corporation, um, prior to this. And I, I thought that maybe the corporate side was, was me. I, I, um, stayed with the company. Um, my business partner, Brian Hainer actually, um, started the company out of his house and we decided, you know, I got that entrepreneurial bug and spirit. It's always really been in me. Um, and I've had some other businesses. I have some real estate businesses and, and such, but I, I really had that fire in me to have something of my own. We partnered up just him and I, in 1998, shortly after, um, you know, he started and hired our first employee who we still have in 1999. And yeah, it's it's an awesome, um, that she's still with us and and, and just grew it. You know, it was three people, four people, five people, six people. And, and, and the, the journey was, um, um, quite amazing as you, as you continue to grow and learn. One of the things I've learned the most, which when I started, um, I didn't know was I sort of thought like felt like I could do it all. I sort of felt like I had um, enough knowledge where I could take any part of the business. And I probably I think we did to a certain level. And then we really started hiring people who are smarter than us in areas. And I think that's the key to a good entrepreneur is knowing what you're good at and hiring people who are smarter than you <laughs> in key areas to help you grow and be, and be a, a better business. You have to be able to um, evolve with the market and the economy. And, and uh, you learn a lot of lessons there that you just can't learn you know, academically. Well, I have um, a follow-up question to a previous one. And yeah. I can hear part of the answer to, I don't know how many employees you have, but I know 
I can hear a little bit about why they stay so long and why you become a best place to work. What would they say to me about why they stay working there? You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's our culture. And I, I would say uh, originally when we have a, a culture committee and we call it the culture club and um, uh-huh. flashback to the movie. Right, and right. Originally, I, I chaired that committee and, and it was uh, about six employees and myself and, and we were driving um, you know, different culture activities for the company. And, uh, one day I actually missed the meeting and they had a great meeting. And, and, and so I, I sort of wasn't offended by that. I thought maybe I'm an obstacle in this a bit, you know, this should be employee ran. And, and although the, the leadership of the organization sets the tempo and, and the culture, the employees have to have to own it and, and it has to be part of them. So, um, we've let them run with, uh, you know, different, uh, things to build and drive our culture. And, and I think that's important to give the ownership back to the employees and, and let them drive it and come up with ideas and, and give them, um, the authority and the empowerment to do really whatever they want. And so, um, and, and I think that's been a real, a real success for us. And, and also I think years ago we, we, you know, we had different um, things that we would control, maybe a dress code or, or um, you know, how the office looked. And we really just, you know, especially being people from the Northwest, just said, you know, we want people to be them, you know. So I have people who are slippers and people who are hats. And uh, I have a marketing guy who plays the guitar and sings. And we want people to be comfortable in their environment and, and be themselves and not have, feel like they they have to fit into a uh, a strict corporate environment because that's really not what we're about. We're about being professional and getting things done, but having fun while we're doing it. We have to work here, you know. We all do, and it's it's um we, we want to be professional at what we do, but we want to have fun with that as well. So let's go back to your who you are. Um, yeah. Before you went to business school, a bit about you know if I were to have known you. When you were young, either, you know, 10 years old up through teenage years, and I would have been predicting what you were going to end up being in the world. Is there anything about the way you work now that you can say, I can see for myself how I got here. I can see what I was working on, what I was thinking about, how I was engaging. Is there any of that story that has some kind of continuity or thread to who you are today? Yeah, I I think so. I I, I had a great upbringing. Um, I had a great, great family. My parents are still together. I have a sister. And, and I think my dad was in the banking industry. <clears throat> I was about 12 uh, when he was laid off. And we were, you know, m- middle income, doing, you know, li- lived a great uh, life. Um, and we struggled at that time. And, and uh, it was hard for my father to find another good job. Um, he was a vice president of a company and, and they were acquired. So there was a, a couple of years there where we really struggled as a family. And I think with struggle, you um, build character. And, and, you know, I think during that time when I saw my family struggle, I thought I never, never, I will never want that to be me. I want to be in control of my future and my destiny. And, and so I think that that was ingrained in me. And, and um, as I grew up, uh, you know, I've always seemed to have that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I, I always wanted to um, 
build something and, and, and create some companies and, and, you know, going out into the world, you, you're really never sure what you're going to do. And, and I think it's, uh, about collisions. And what I mean by collisions is, um, where paths intersect. And, and I always preach in, in mentoring is to create as many collisions with people as you can. Um, um, Carol, you and I collided, you know, and, and, and we're having this conversation and I love collisions because they create opportunities, they create interactions, they create, um, learning. And so the more people you can collide with the, you know, really the more, the more you can, uh, learn and absorb and, and share and mentor. One of the things that we talked about in that lunch collision yes. <laughs> was how much the Northwest has a particular way of, of who it is, what it is. It stands yeah. strongly in an ecological mindset and a responsible mindset. And I really am wondering how it is that you relate to your customers from that. And in fact, you may have customers who don't have those thoughts anyway, but as you were telling me, the kind of products you pick and the way you come at them, you come from a responsibility mindset. And I'm wondering, you know, what that means to you, how you go about, um, you know, my, of course, I call it the responsible business. How do yeah. you go about having that be a part of your business and your relationship, particularly with customers on that yeah. subject? Yeah. I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, our company has four stakeholders and one of those is community. And, and I think part of our responsibility as a business is to give back to our community. And I think you can do that in, in multiple ways. You know, we, we obviously, do, you know, charitable giving, I give back to our industry, but I think, you know, the environment's an important thing too. And, you know, our branded merchandise agency can, you know, can sometimes be thought of wasteful, um, uh, waste and abuse, you know, um, by not providing, you know, targeted promotional products or even sustainable products. So we have many clients, especially being from the Northwest here, who value that. And so, um, you know, we provide a lot of, um, you know, eco-friendly products. And that's a, you know, the term is, you know, widely defined, but um, from biodegradable products to recycled products. Microsoft's one of those clients who, who really values that. And so uh, we're able to provide, you know, products that are used from recycled material, products that are, um, you know, corn pens that are biodegradable um, and um, reusing products. So, you know, we've done, um, we've taken banners and remade them into bags and, and projects like that, where it's, it's a, a lot of it's about sustainability. You know, we're, it's ingrained in, in who we are because we're from the Northwest. I mean, uh, you know, we, we recycle here and, 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 you know, we're, we're cognizant of, of our lighting and, you know, it's just part of who we are in our DNA. And, and, um, I try to share that with, uh, anyone I collide with. Um, and I think we're, you know, we're somewhat unique, you know, when I, I was just in Europe and, and, and the recycling programs, they're minimal. And, you know, I just can't even hardly deal with it, you know, <laughs> that people would throw a bottle away. It's, you know, unfathomable to me. Um, Let's kind of wrap up with the question about what's next for ImageSource itself and maybe your place in the industry. Yeah. 
Well, I think, you know, for us, uh, I think early on, I wanted to, to uh, grow an empire, if you would. Um, and I think that's really, really changed as I've evolved, become a parent, um, went through the Great Depression that we all went through in, you know, 2008 and 2009. You know, I think as a company, we want to grow, um, you know, continue to grow. You know, we, we really want to evolve and, and serve our, our stakeholders, really, those four stakeholders I mentioned. I think it's not about double digit growth for us. It's about um, being a responsible business to our employees and customers and community and suppliers. And to do that, I don't think for us, it's, it's that growth, but we've got a lot riding on the, the things going on. We have a real changing way of our business. We are, you know, the technology, the changing buyer as, a, you know, the millennials entering the market, the globalization of our our world. And so it's not what it used to be. It's changed. And you have to evolve with that change and not fight it. And I think as a, as an industry, we've always fought it and we have to, we have to kind of figure out our way as, as we evolve and, and the economy evolves, I think having an open mind and looking at, at it a little bit differently of, you know, um, how, how does the you know promotional products industry look in five or 10 years, it might look a little bit different. Well, thank you, Tom. That was really fabulous. I've been very impressed with what you're doing. And I really was excited to hear you mention the idea that customers and consumers now are pretty much clear that they want something sustainable, green, responsible, even though they don't know all of what that means. And to hear you describe it as it's so innate within your business, because that is what people are buying. I mean, just makes me chuckle. It's very exciting. I'm hoping that those of you who listen to this podcast will come back for more. We have the Responsible Entrepreneur podcast. You can find it at carolsanford.com, that's C-A-R-O-L-S-A-N-F-O-R-D.com, where you can find also the Responsible Capitalist, which is uh, made available for those who are in the impact investing or other kinds of investing world. We also have many other blogs. We have articles. I have many things available on carolsanford.com and a few more on seed-communities.com, S-E-E-D-communities.com, which has a whole chain of events and exciting opportunities for entrepreneurs. So thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 